1: La la la. Ooh, la la la, salty knows me so well he's right i was just finishing my vocal warm-ups <laughs> we were a little bit behind it was one of those it, one of those behind the scenes nights we don't have to go into uh, it there was just you know little technical glitches and stuff like that behind <laughs> the scenes we were making sure that we had a good stream before we got started yes. So we were a little bit behind today. that is key so, that is yes. key for sure yes that's exactly right he is Vince DiDario. I am Sean Steyers, and it's game week, baby! It is game week, five days away, Notre Dame and Ohio State. What do you say?
2: It's about freaking time, that's what I have to say. <laughs> and we, we kind of, t- we talked about, we touched on it a little bit last night when we did the show with me, Ryan, and Brian. It's like, summer was so slow, and then all of a sudden, we hit camp, and now, boom! It's game week. Like it, it just felt like it kind of sped up the last like week and a half to two weeks.
1: August and... flew by for me. Oh my gosh,
2: I I can't. It's hard for me to fathom the fact that September is this week. Like we're yeah. we, you know this is the end of August. August has come and gone basically, and we are you know preparing to hit the road to Columbus. Like it, it just doesn't. It felt like so long ago, and now, now all of a sudden it's this week, and it's just very strange to me.
1: We've got a lot of great stuff we're going to talk about in today's show. I mean, we've got Phil Dracovic ripping on Brian (laughs) Kelly. We've got Notre Dame depth chart stuff. We've got injury updates. We've got a little bit of audio from Marcus Freeman. So just go ahead and smash that like button right now. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Let your friends know that you're here because this is the place to be right now every Monday through Thursday. We're live, of course, at 6 o'clock on YouTube and on all the uh, podcast audio platforms. You can find it as well, of course, the next morning. And then uh, we did our first countdown to kickoff uh, show Saturday morning. Where Every Saturday morning, Vince and I are going to be with you from 10 until noon. Brian Driscoll will jump in every now and then as well. He jumped in feet first for a long time. <laughs> Saturday, you guys breaking down A lot of the games. We're going to get to the Scott Frost stuff a little bit later in the show. We're going to get to Jim Harbaugh deciding that he doesn't want to decide on a quarterback a little bit later in the show. We've got it all today. I don't know how we're going to get everything in today.
2: I don't either. Because this is stuff that you and I could talk about for hours. That's the best part about it. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I've got my Notre Dame depth chart hot off the presses. I know we're going to talk about that, too. You got it laminated. Uh, not quite not quite but okay. I literally just pulled it off the printer so because I can only have so many windows open on my computer and still function as a normal adult so I wanted I, so I decided to print it off as opposed to having it
1: 17 and a half point spread we're gonna talk about hilarious. that in rapid fire tonight That's see hilarious. I mean we've got like all this stuff nailed a uh, Josh Buffalo, the motivational business banker I don't know what the hell that is but <laughs> <laughs> so He's throwing he's throwing the Vegas spread at us. We've got you know we've got a, a part of rapid fire that's going to be dedicated uh, to Vegas, and I think really now that the season's here, every week we're going to be checking in on what Vegas thinks of Notre Dame. I got some Tyler Buckner Heisman odds. We've got the season over unders and win totals and everything, man. It's just like we've got it flying at you left and right. It, you've you've come to the right place. That's you've right. Come to the right place. And that's I'll tell
2: I'll you happen. what, yeah, that's the other thing is is this is the first week of college football. Yes, we had some stuff that we're going to talk about, obviously, that went down on Saturday, college football land. But this is week one. You know, this is where it all starts. And we're going to talk about it on the night show. So, this zero is, week is like, like zero
1: hour weightlifting. It's like you're Ooh, there, but God. is anything really being done? You know, it's like. Solid call, sir. <laughs> Solid call. That's exactly what it is. Oh man, I remember zero hour. That's those are that's many years ago at this yes, point. It is. Yes, it many is. many years ago. And my
2: my former place of employment literally just started zero hour this year. So Really?
1: Yeah. I mean, we were doing zero hour in like 1982, man. It's all worse. you need
2: to know. Yeah, they've been. <sighs> yeah, well, well, that's a question man. for another day, sir. Yeah, you're
1: <laughs> right about that. You're right about that. So Marcus Freeman had his first press conference today. We got Notre Dame's first depth chart of the season as well. The two, I guess, things at the top of the depth chart. We'll, we'll start with this. We'll kind of go over it. A little bit, Vince, what the depth chart looks like yes. today. Jarrett Patterson listed as the number one left guard. Maris Leophal, uh, listed as the number one well linebacker. And so I asked Marcus Freeman about both of those guys
0: Good for you. Are they limited Good. at all? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all.
1: Jarrett Patterson, he said, is questionable. So let's start with him. And I saw going over to the Tommy Reese Al Golden media thing Saturday. The team was coming out of the stadium. Jarrett Patterson walking with some of the other offensive linemen. He had a walking boot on that, you know, they, of course, were in uniform because they were coming out of practice. He was wearing t shirt and shorts. So he obviously did not practice Saturday wearing the walking boot. Right. And uh, Marcus Freeman calling him questionable, even though he is listed as the number one left guard. They've got Rocco Spindler at number two, and they've got Andrew Christofik as the number two right guard behind Josh Lugg. So, what do you think about all that for starters? Well,
2: uh, if you're if you're asking me to read between the lines, uh, this is that's what I'm going to do. So, as far as Jarrett Patterson, I don't think there's any way he's not going to play. I just you know, he he mentioned that it, he, meaning Marcus Freeman, mentioned it's going to be a pain tolerance issue about, yeah. what, a week ago. And, I, and, and look, you need Jarrett Patterson if you're going to win on Saturday, period. Are you pushing him to play while he's injured? No, you're not pushing him, but he wants to play. I mean, if he can play and he's not going to hurt it any more than he already has, and I think that's the key, and if that's what yeah. my medical people are telling me, if he can't hurt it anymore – and it's just a pain tolerance thing, dude, you're playing. And he would say the same thing. He would say he wants to play, I'm sure. So I fully anticipate seeing Jarrett Patterson out there as the starting left guard when Notre Dame hits the field on Saturday night, fully anticipate it. Is he going to be 100%? No, I don't think he's going to be 100%. But 100% Jarrett Patterson is still better than any other option that Notre Dame has. And you need your best on the field if you want to win. So... I expect to see him. Now, if he can't go or if he goes and then realizes, uh, you know, maybe that wasn't the best decision or whatever, I also fully anticipate seeing Andrew Christoffic come in in his place.
1: So you think even though Spindler is is listed as the number two, we see Christoffic instead?
2: I do because no, what Notre Dame does generally in the past, now this is a new regime. I, I will put that out there. It is a new regime. But right. what, what they've done in the past is they rarely have, and uh, I'm seeing that they did it on defense. If I'm remembering when I was looking at it earlier, they generally don't have the same guy backing up two positions on paper, right? It'll be, they'll have literal backups, you know, across the board, especially on the offensive line. And then it's not necessarily accurate as to who would go in, for example. Right. So Uh like if, so if everybody's healthy and Zeke Correll goes down, Jarrett Patterson's going in at center, most likely not Pat Coogan right? Yeah. And then whoever's yeah. the second guard is going to go in at left guard. I still think that's Andrew Kristofik. He's got the most experience. He's the one we saw when we were at practice, when Jared Patterson's been out. Now, it was one practice, but that's who we've been seeing, right? So I'm just going off of what we've seen from practice and things of that nature. That doesn't, that's not saying anything negative toward Rocco Spindler. It's just what we've been seeing. So I. Yeah. Anticipate seeing Andrew Christophe in there if they need to make a, a change.
1: That's kind of what I was, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. But I, I guess, I guess we'll see. I agree with some of the other comments we've been getting, whether it's from Father David or you know some of these other people. I I, I feel like if Jarrett Patterson feels like he is probably even, what do you think, like seventy percent, he's probably at least going to try to give it a go right, out there. Right. And it's not like then. You know, if it's really sore afterwards, he can ice it down and rest it because well, well Marshall yeah, and Cal. You know what's exactly. coming up next. You can you can win games with Christoffic and or Spindler, hundred percent.
2: And that and Father David Penny. I think I think you had that that up there, right? Um, that yeah. he could rest weeks two and three, no doubt yes. about it. You can definitely give him some time off if necessary. It's just week one is just so important. It's just so important that you need your best Especially on the field. Especially this week one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that, that, that's what I was referring to. This particular week one is super important. If they were playing you know, a directional school or something along those lines, then maybe you don't push Patterson to play. And again, they're not going to force Patterson to play if he doesn't think he can go. Yeah, It's going to be up to him. He's going to want to go. And like I said, if the medical people say, hey, he can't do any worse to this, then he's going to go. Yeah.
1: I agree. Okay. And then Maris Leofowl, probable at the will linebacker. And I kind of had a feeling what that, you know, yeah. that's what that was going to be. We've talked about. And again, this was what I asked Marcus Freeman. It, what a week and a half ago when we got to see the open practice, we didn't see him doing any live things. Is he going to be limited? He says he's not going to be limited. He is, he is probable at this point, so he is listed as number one at uh, the Will linebacker for Notre Dame going into this game. And, you know, again, that's pretty much what I expected. And right now I'm having a hard time getting my computer to either. There it is. It's back on my, my uh, depth chart page. And he is listed ahead of Jack Kaiser. So Kaiser. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Kaiser is listed as the number two Will linebacker. And then with Kaiser... And Prince Kali, they have those two as an or behind, you know, Kaiser or Kali behind Maris Lua Fowl. And then uh, J.D. Bertrand is the Mike or Bo Bauer. And, it, you know, and it, I think that's a situation. We have seen a lot of fluidity in these right. linebacker positions during training camp. And I think depending on situations, you know, you're just going to see it, it sounds like Based on the fact that you've got a couple of ores up there, we're going to see some mixing and matching yeah, situationally. Absolutely. I think.
2: Well, and I thought it was also interesting that JD is is also listed as the second rover, number two behind, rover behind Jack. So you've got multiple linebackers in listed in multiple places in the two deep, which is very very interesting. And I think that goes to the fact that we are going to see them line up all over the place. There's going to be, you know, at times maybe. Jack is going to be at the will and maybe JD is going to be at the Rover and you know, maybe Bo's going to be at the mic and you you just don't know where these guys are going to line up. And so as a coach, positional flexibility is the be all end all. Like that's what I want. I want to be able to stick whoever I need to in whatever spot I need to and be confident. They're going to be able to get the job done. And I think that's the case that we're looking at with these linebackers.
1: David Jones read my mind said, haven't heard a whole lot about the fall camp of Jordan Botello. Has it been good? And because of the fact that JD Bertrand Mm -hmm. is listed as the number two Rover Botello is not listed on the two deep at all. Now, again, I don't think that necessarily means you won't see him because I think that there is a place for him potentially, you know, like I've talked about before, like third down, for example, maybe maybe Riley mills slides in from end to play tackle on his side. You've got Botello over there on that side playing on the outside you've got Isaiah Foskey on the other side and Adam you know one of the Adam Alolas obviously so i th- i think that there are places where you can still really use Jordan Batello in some of those so, you know like yeah go ahead
2: oh no, i was going to say i i forgot and i was like i know i saw him somewhere on the depth chart he's listed as an or at viper with Justin Adam Alola
1: Oh, there he is. Yeah, he is. so he right. is You're on
2: right. the two deep. It's just not where I anticipated seeing him on the two deep. And we, But he's
1: almost three deep, you know, right. because he is an or behind Adam Alola, which is what you expect Adam Alola to be number two to begin
2: Absolutely. With. I mean, Justin Adam Alola starts for the vast majority of college football teams out there. So, you know, the fact that he, but he's behind Isaiah Fosky, who is obviously really, really good too. So, yeah. you know, he's, he's not going to bypass Isaiah. And... Jordan, you know, we've talked about the we've talked about Batelho before as far as he's kind of an X factor as to where he's going to be able to line up, what that's going to look like. Can he be a Rover? Can he be a Viper? Can he move inside? You know, what kind of things can you do with Jordan Batelho? The fact that he's listed at Viper, I think, is very interesting. And I mean, I guess we'll see what happens when he actually gets on the field on Saturday and where he lines up and all of those different things it would not shock me to see him off the line of scrimmage, you know, at a Viper, I mean, excuse me, at a, uh, a Rover position, etc. So very interested to see what happens with Jordan, because we've talked, look, we've talked about his off the field issues and getting that straight so that he can be effective on the field and all of those yeah. different things. And, you know, where, you know, how does he help this team? That's the biggest question, because if he's all in, on the field and off the field, he can be an X factor for this defense. It's
1: it's just interesting that he shows back up at Viper after we essentially kind of <laughs> had he moved out to Rover and now he is in an or situation as the 2-3 Viper behind Foskey and Adam Lola. And again, I think we could very easily see him in some pass rush situations, you know, like dime package and, yeah. and that oh, kind yeah. of thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, very absolutely. easily. Now, some other or situations, you've got Cam Hart, and Tariq Bracy listed as oars at corner. And then you also have, as I look at these others, you have Clarence Lewis or Cam Hart at the other corner. And then they don't list a nickel necessarily. But I've just, you know, and again, Marcus Freeman was, was, was asked about all these oars in the secondary, essentially. And he said, you're probably going to see... The two freshmen, Jaden yeah. Mickey and Benjamin Morrison, in addition to the three veterans, because of the fact that Ohio State's, you know starts going some tempo and you've got these receivers running downfield and all that kind of stuff it, with just with the volume of receivers that they have and the kind of stuff that Ohio State can do offensively, you're going to see five, six corners out there. So, uh, again, like that's not a surprise just because we're going to see all of them, I think.
2: And I'm actually a little surprised they don't have nickel as a position on here because Tariq Bracey obviously didn't make it onto the two deep and he's essentially a starter at nickel, you know, and then we know that uh, Mickey right now is the second string nickel at the moment. But like you said, they're all going to play. They're all going to be mismatched. I mean, the fact that you've got, They've got him listed as left safety and right safety. I believe that's what LS and RS stand for. The fact that you've got Brandon Joseph as an or with Ramon Henderson and DJ Brown as an or with Houston Griffith tells me they're going to be playing all over the place. They're just not going to be restricted right. to one position or another. I mean, Cam Hart's listed as an or, for goodness sakes. That just means he can play both positions. You know, he's going, he's going to be the starter, but that just means he might be on the left, he might be on the right. He might be at field. He might be at boundary. You know, they're just keeping it wide open, essentially. They're just like, okay, you know what? We're going to put everybody on the two deep. We're just going to put an R, or, or excuse me, an or on there. So that, you know, <laughs> we we got our bases covered.
1: Yes. i All uh, just just for the sake of of uh, formality, Isaiah Foskey is the number one Viper. Jason Adamalola is the number one defensive tackle. Howard Cross, the other tackle. Riley Mills. Number one at the opposite defensive end with Nana Usafa Mensa and Alexander Ahrensberger behind him. Again, Foul at Will, Bertrand at Mike. The Rover is Kaiser. And then, you know, just, just what you said. We're going to see Brandon Joseph, Cam Hart, Tariq Bracey, Clarence Lewis, and a bunch of guys yeah, out there. Absolutely. We're going to see Ramon Henderson. We're going to see DJ Brown. We're going to see all of them. On the offensive side of the ball, we talked about the offensive line. Joe Alt, the left tackle. Patterson listed as the number one left guard. Again, he'll probably be a game-time decision. Marcus Freeman saying today he's questionable. Zeke Carell is the center. The right guard is Josh, Josh Lugg. Uh, Blake Fisher is the right tackle. You think Mike or Michael Mayer won the won the tight end Just position a, coming out of camp?
2: Yeah, Just by a little bit.
1: He's number one. Kevin Bauman is number two. And the former walk-on, Davis Sherwood, who had – you know kind of became a popular guy with the media on tight ends day last week is listed at number three
2: dude just add the fullback as a position on the depth <laughs> yes. chart people he is yes. not the third tight end I mean Davis Sherwood has done a great job in camp He's he's been the first fullback in the game when they run a fullback in he got himself a scholarship I mean awesome I mean good for him
1: you're going to excite some people talking about fullbacks right now. I know. So just, just so you know.
2: I know. I know. But he's not a tight end. I mean, they're not using him as a tight end. They, I mean, I guess you could call him an H-back, you know, that kind of a thing. But he's listed yeah. as a fullback on the roster, if I'm not mistaken. And they've got him listed as the third tight end, which is very interesting. But, yeah, you know, whatever.
1: The wide receivers, Lorenzo Styles, Deion Colsey, 1-2. Jaden Thomas, Matt Salerno as the slot. Go 1-2, and then the uh, other wide receiver, Braden Lindsey and Joe Wilkins, are 1-2. Now, I know I'm probably going to wound some people with oh, this. Boy. So, just be prepared, okay? Just everyone, just have a seat right now. <laughs> Tyler Buckner is the number one quarterback, and Drew Pine is number two. Drew Pine is number two.
2: Yes, there's no Not or. Not Steve Angeli. There's no or.
1: No, I'm yeah, just saying. That's right, You're right. They it's didn't not even Steve for they those even... holding out hope that it was going to be Steve Angeli. <laughs> yeah, there's not even <laughs> because a third of all these Steve Angeli questions that we get. Steve Evangeli is not the number two quarterback. No, no this week. No, and this is nothing against Steve Angeli. I have nothing against Steve Angeli. You know, like we've talked about before, Tyler Buckner was not technically the number two quarterback last year. It was Drew Pine, right? So yes, I just that's correct. At, at some point. I hope to try to pop in the question about what could be in store for Angeli this season. Today, not the day, because there were just so many other things going on leading into Ohio State. But
2: look, Steve Angeli we'll is is a solid quarterback. It is very clear his role on this team because he had a different numbered jersey on for the past week. He is the scout team quarterback. Yes. And that's the way it's gonna be. Right. And Ronnie Paul even had to change numbers. Third. He was, you know, yes, like a lot of the other guys. There were a
1: lot of freshmen wearing yeah. new numbers this week and last week because right. of the scout team.
2: Absolutely. And made Ron- it a lot of
1: fun to figure out who you know was and wasn't at practice. <laughs> and, and
2: you're gonna see Ronnie Paulus the third, he got to keep his number because he is the guy that signals in the plays. So I mean, he has a very important role, but the guy who signals in plays is usually you know a walk on type quarterback or offensive player. And that's his role, which means he gets to travel every game and and be an integral part in what this offense does. But they're counting on two quarterbacks this year, right? And that's what they're doing. And those are the two guys that are listed on the depth chart.
1: Yeah. Where are the kickers? Okay, so Bryce McPherson. Bryce McPherson's going to kick off. We knew that. Yes, we did know that. John, have you verified this with sources? It's great uh Blake groupy is the place kicker John sot is the punter michael Vincent of course is the long snapper sot is the holder on extra points yes. and field goals Brandon Joseph or Matt Salerno listed as the punt returns I like what we've seen from Brandon Joseph and yeah what opportunities we've had to see him back there fielding punts
2: 100 percent he's a little bit you know and nothing against Matt Salerno but he's a little bit more dynamic than Matt and if you're just looking to change a possession you're just looking to catch the ball, Matt Salerno will be back there. If you're looking to make something happen with a punt return, then I think you're going to, you're going to see Brandon Joseph back there. You know what I mean? And there are different scenarios on a punt return. You know, if you've got them pinned deep, you know, on the inside their 10 yard line, let's say, for example, you're probably going to get the ball with a fair catch at, at the 50 yard line about midfield, right? You just want to get the ball and take possession. That's totally fine. When they're trying to flip the field, that's when you put Brandon Joseph back there because he can slip yeah. a couple of tackles and 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 flip the field in your advantage, as you know what they're trying to do. So there are different scenarios for punt return. So let's see what happens. But I, I'm excited about the fact that Brandon Joseph is going to be back there.
1: Yes. Matt's saying you can all thank a certain ND beat writer for making Angeli a bigger part of this team currently than he really is. I don't. I don't, I don't know, who know exactly is, who that is, but I'll probably be right.
2: For it. it was nobody from Irish breakdown. I can promise yep. you that
1: kick return, Chris Tyree, Lorenzo styles and Braden Lindsay would be the off returners with Tyree as the main return. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm a little nervous about wide receivers back there. You know, considering <laughs> that's the fair. Numbers.
2: No, that's fair. <laughs> I, well, frankly running back, you could say the same thing. So yeah, Chris True. Tyree is Chris True. Tyree is so dynamic as a return man. Yeah. And you can't, you can't not have him back there. So him being back there as the main guy, and look, most, most teams want to kick it into the end zone anyway. Um, he's How many opportunities is he going to get to actually return a kick? I don't know. But if they do, I think it's going to be dynamic.
1: By the way, Mishawaka Friday played South Bend St. Joseph, and right. D-Lynn McCullough's son, Day McCullough, is a wide receiver for St. Joe, and he's also their kick returner. Over under one half kickoffs that Day McCullough got his hands on Friday night, Vince.
2: Oh, uh, if we're talking about Mishawaka kicking it, I'm going to go with zero. They probably pooched it in front of them the entire time.
1: A lot of pooch kicks. Every every kind of pooch kick that you could imagine. And and that's what I would do
2: if I'm kicking against Tyree. I'm not kicking it anywhere near him. If I've got a kid who can consistently put it in the end zone, I'm doing that. Or I'm pooching it. So far away from twenty five that he's not going to be able to touch it.
1: Blaine, big Mishawaka fan out there there. says the Mishawaka game was amazing. They almost they they outscored. I I know I'm going to jump off the tracks here for a second, but they've outscored their first two opponents sixty eight to eight. They didn't give up the eight until under three minutes to go. It was was pretty impressive. So that's. That's your high school football update for the day, <laughs> but you know it, it made me. It made me, I thought there was a little tie-in with you know with McCullough being back there for St. Joe and just you know oh, I, yeah what, for sure that's what I, that's why I thought of him when we started talking about Tyree exact same and he's same playing both said. I mean he's take away from he, him
2: he's a D one athlete playing both sides of the ball and basically yeah. they're trying to get the ball in his hands at all times so
1: yep. All right, I'm gonna play this one sound bite from Marcus Freeman from the press conference today. He was asked early on, what is your team's identity? And here's Marcus Freeman's answer. Well, for some reason, we don't have an answer on this. Technology's one from awesome. Freeman. That's right. I when I when I inserted it into our little room here earlier, it was playing and it's not on mute. So I can't figure goodbye. Sorry. Um, <laughs>
2: you summarize it for us.
1: Well, he started off, I'll actually read you what I tweeted. I'm not going to, like. Re- I, I didn't quote the whole thing. Establish the run game, take care of the football, stop the run defensively, be superior in special teams. Those are the top things that Marcus Freeman rattled off when he talked about what is his team's identity. Again, I apologize for the sound not working. I was amazed. Uh, that tweet just got lit up by basically some Notre Dame haters out there, but oh, you know, boy. Not, not just Notre Dame haters, but like people mocking the idea of establishing the run in college football. And the, the, the other part of it, here's, here's what this guy Rob said. People tend to incorrectly apply things that are true from the NFL to college. You can put up big offensive numbers running the ball in college football, but establishing the run is probably not going to work with Tommy Reese as offensive coordinator. What do you think about that statement? But why? Like, why Why can't Tommy
2: Reese call a run play and they can establish the run? I mean, they have a very dynamic running quarterback that you can establish the run with. You've got an offensive line who arguably is the top five offensive line in the country why would you not want to establish the run and control the clock in this game and keep the, the, ball formula, out of the hands as we Ohio saw state.
1: the, we've talked about this before the two teams that beat Ohio state last year, Oregon and Michigan, both gouged them with the run game. You know, exactly. that's the, basically why they've got a new defensive coordinator. This that's year.
2: correct. I mean, the, the, the blueprint is out there on how to beat Ohio state and look, Coach Knowles is a good defensive coordinator. There's no question about it. Is he going to have them clicking on all cylinders in game 1? Nope. I don't believe that he will. And I like like I said, I would rather have Ohio State now than at the end of the season, right? Because you're going to be able to exploit some of those deficiencies, I think. You have to establish the run. He said that that is his game plan for the for his offense period, not just establish the, Ohio State the
1: run, game. stop the run. Right. Run the ball, stop the run.
2: Absolutely. And that's, it's funny. Because that doesn't
1: mean they're not going to do other things. That doesn't mean they're only right, going right. to run the football.
2: And the funny thing is that's not even what I took away from that quote. What I took away from that quote was he's actually putting an emphasis on special teams, which has not been the case recently at Notre Dame. No. And it's not really the case at a lot of places, to be honest with you. It's kind of a forgotten third of the game. It's just, Hey, don't turn it over on special teams. Get us the possession. Let's go from there. It's not about dominating on special teams. So, yes, of course they're going to pass the ball. Of course yeah, they're going Vito to. wants
1: to know it. if they're going to pass. Here's, here's like, the idea that you're not going to throw the ball if you establish the run, and, and that doesn't always necessarily mean you're going to establish the run first. You can set up the run with the pass, and vice versa. And the fact that you've got a running quarterback is only going to help it. But, like, the, the quote tweet that I read from this guy, Rob, like, establishing the run's probably not going to work with Tommy Reese's offensive coordinator. So, okay. So, are you basing that all on what you saw in the Fiesta Bowl? Because, again, yeah, they were pass happy, but it was the gate, you know, they basically decided they weren't going to try to run the football because of the poor offensive line, not having Kyron Williams. Right. You know, those two things were the main factors. This is a completely different team now. So if you're basing it on that, you're basing it on the wrong thing. And then the other thing, this is year three for Reese as offensive coordinator. Do you remember what happened in year one for Tommy Reese as offensive coordinator? We saw the road grader, Tommy Tremble, coming out of the backfield, right? 2020, college football playoff season, when they were just gouging people with the run so it's not like tommy reese has never had a run heavy offense again tommy reese is going to suit his offense to the personnel that he has he's got a he's going to have a really good offensive line again he's got a mobile quarterback he's got dynamic running backs you know as long as that room can stay healthy and when we get into rapid fire we'll talk a little bit about we're going to make a prediction on who we think is going to be maybe the lead dog saturday at ohio state but i just you know and again then like mike says by the time Notre Dame establishes the run Saturday, they'll be down by three touchdowns because Ryan Day didn't establish the run. Okay. Again, whatever, but you know, it Oregon and Michigan just smash mouthed Ohio State. That was the formula last year. They showed that if you could run the football effectively, you know, Michigan ran the ball for over seven yards a carry last year. And I think that Notre Dame's offense has a chance to be a lot more dynamic than what Michigan's was last year. So I well, just I, – I don't get this thing like 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 that's not a part of – do you think that Nick Saban and Alabama don't run the football? Do you think Georgia doesn't right. run the football? This is like – people are talking like this is a relic of a thought that Marcus Freeman would want to run the football in, in college football in 2022. Well, and here's the thing. Saying you want to
2: establish the run does not mean that you want to be Navy, okay? There, right. there's There's a difference between – Okay, my definition of establishing the run means you can run the ball when you want to, not because you have to, okay? It means, okay, I want to run the ball here, and you can do it successfully whenever
1: you want. You want to run the ball, and you can run the ball. That's
2: establishing the run. It doesn't mean that you're going to have 300 yards rushing and 100 yards passing. That's not establishing the run. Establishing the run is making it possible for you to run the ball when you want to. And that means that you can throw the ball when you want to. And by the way, Ohio State's whole offense is predicated off of their run game because they have a really good run game and they play action, and that's how they get everything downfield. Yes. Yes, they've got amazing wide receivers at Ohio State, but it's predicated off of the run game. They have yes. a really good running back. Okay. So they establish the run to set up their pass game. Oh. Ignorant people, it just yeah. I don't I don't do well with ignorance, Sean. Okay. No, I mean, <laughs> I just it's unbelievable to me. Sometimes. I've heard
1: people. I'm trying to think of who all of that I've heard talking about this. Basically, Ohio State is being talked about as a team with three Heisman Trophy candidates. One of them's a running back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the other's a quarterback, and the other's yeah. a wide receiver. So, yeah, it's just it's a ridiculous notion that that for some reason, like, you would scoff at, at the notion of of Notre Dame wanting to run the football. And again, like, that comment about Tommy Reese, okay, if if you're basing that, I don't know what that's based on, but I'm guessing that's the based Oklahoma on the State game plan. Game. Yeah, I mean, yeah I mean, that's what else? Are, that's what that has to be based on. But again, just two years ago, because of the personnel that they had, they were so good with the tight ends, they had a really good offensive line. They could smash mouth it right. up front, and then they hit some passes when they were able to. I don't think we're going to see that degree. I think we're going to see much more balance this year than we've probably too. seen. Really, you know, maybe in the last four four years or so.
2: Yeah. No. Oh, absolutely. I, I. And the balance is going to come. It's going to look different. It's not just going to be line it up and run it between the tackles either. It's going to be a different looking balance than what Notre Dame bands are used to. And if yep. you think you've seen everything that Tommy Reese is as an offensive coordinator, you're going to be in for an amazingly good surprise throughout this season. That's what I'll say,
1: man. It's only Monday and we've got a lot of good stuff all week long. <laughs> Don't forget Vince is going to be back Wednesday Yeah, mailbag starting this week. Wednesday is our mailbag. There's not going to be a main mailbag on Fridays anymore. So this show, IB nation sports talk with Vince and I, We'll be doing the midweek mailbag Wednesday nights. So we've got that coming up Thursday. You will hear from an Ohio state reporter. We'll get some uh, insights from him on this Buckeye team. And tomorrow, Jesse's got this segment he's going to do. Uh We still haven't come up with the name for it, but he's going to bring you into it. My idea was full focus. I I don't know. That kind of got shut down, I think. But we're going to... A look at a couple important things, something important on each side of the ball in this Notre Dame Ohio State matchup on tomorrow's show. So we're just nice. we've got it all, baby, this week. And then, of course, again, don't forget our new IB countdown to kickoff Saturday mornings at ten o'clock. Vince and I will be with you at ten. Sorry. We'll be breaking down Notre Dame Ohio State and getting into some of the national games and all that kind of stuff as well before we head to Columbus Saturday. All right. So uh, again, don't forget. Like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. We appreciate you and we will talk to you manana. We're doing it we're doing it basically every day. Yeah. During the week. We
2: are now seven days a week and multiple times a day. Actually, there's two shows every day except Friday and Sunday. Yeah. So there you
1: go. I don't know who else is doing that. We'll talk (laughs) to you tomorrow, I B Nation Sports Talk.